this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The following program is rated for mature audiences and may contain adult language, adult situations, and frank safety discussions. The names and certain details have been changed to protect the safe and the unsafe. But believe me, every item in here is true. I hope you enjoyed Rules Radical. So, like I said, you need to be aware of these strategies. Be very careful in using them. I don't recommend you use them at all, but you need to be aware of them. Rule number four, make the enemy live up to its own book of rules. Before enforcing a rule, make sure you're going to be the one obeying it also. Don't make a rule you don't intend to enforce. This is also a legal problem if you have a rule book that says you're going to do X, Y, and Z and you don't do it. You blow your credibility with everybody and it does not have a good outcome. So this could be as easy as telling someone to wear a hard hat than not wearing one. Today we're dealing with masks. How does this also manifest itself? Here's a classic one. If you need to do a gas test of a confined space continuously and you decide not to do it because it's really not necessary, management will always drag out that thing you didn't do in one of your annual reviews. Well, you were supposed to be enforcing X, Y, and Z rule and you didn't do it and you ruined the corporate culture doesn't matter that the management told them to disobey you, for example, or disobey a rule or not pay attention to safety. And it's just as important not to make a rule you cannot follow or enforce. I mention that again. So what are some rules that you cannot follow and cannot enforce? One of them is decontamination of individuals. I was actually asked to enforce a decontamination policy at a hazardous waste site. I said, well, we make sure that everybody goes through the glove wash and the glove rinse, but are they taking showers? Well, guess what? I'm not going into the shower and I'm not going to watch them take a shower. That's what their intent was, was for me to go in and watch people take showers. Why? Because then we can be brought up on a sexual harassment type situation or something like that and make me be undermined, make me look bad on site that now I'm watching people take showers. You really can't make this stuff up. Rule number five, ridicule is man's most potent weapon. There really is no defense against it. When does this happen? It's when you have potential to achieve or when you have already gotten success. People who use ridicule often do it behind your back anonymously. It's also a leading indicator of jealousy, wanting to take someone down. It's often to get you to lose your temper. And if you lose your temper, that's what their end goal is, is to make you look foolish. What's the strategy for dealing with this? They are varied and many. What I try to do is not take myself too seriously and don't show that I get upset, even if I do get upset. Getting upset invites more ridicule. Try to get the leadership of the team on board with safety, and usually the group will follow the leadership, and that's a subject for another broadcast. Don't ever let them see you sweat. Rule six and seven. 
A good tactic is one your people enjoy, and number seven, a tactic that drags on too long becomes a drag. These rules, these rules work to our advantage and sometimes disadvantage. Learn an activity that the workforce enjoys. It's easy to do, hopefully it's cheap and gives effective results. When you use an old safety program that does not work anymore, or is stale, or the team can't relate to it, you will have failure every time. Rule number eight, keep the pressure on. Many rules can be used against you or by you. If something bad happens or if someone finds a weak spot, they focus on it, repeating the attack or casually mentioning it, especially at inopportune moments, like during your annual review. Once someone finds your weak spot, they will focus on it and try to undermine you. What do you do about this? Know your weak spots ahead of time and make sure they are fixed or at least you have a way to manage them. If the work is being deliberately undermined by your workforce, document it and then follow it up with human resources. These situations will often make it into your annual review, which I mentioned a couple of times. Manage correctly, you have a defense. Maybe you can manage it, maybe you could fix it. This is one reason why we track near misses, good catches, mishaps, and etc. So we can fix them, so we can prevent injuries in the workplace, so we can actually do our job. Number nine, the threat is usually more terrifying than the thing itself. This is a case of your imagination being your own worst enemy. People who have been at rock bottom and have worked their way out of it will tell you that rock bottom isn't so scary after all. Something not being scary can't be used as a threat. If you are not intimidated, you completely disarm the other party, the other person. Number 10. The major premise for tactics is the development of operations that will maintain a constant pressure upon the opposition. These tactics manifest themselves in many ways, including calling you on days off to ask questions that can be left until their return. On the same day, people coordinate and come to you with all their problems. Usually, this is not a coincidence. Changing paperwork, losing paperwork, and then blaming everybody else, especially you. Stealing resources. It could be something as simple as a dry erase marker for a presentation to taking critical equipment. General sabotage and favoritism. What do you do? Continue to do your job and be professional. One result of these tactics is to get a reaction out of you. Then the perpetrators play the victim card and report you as the problem. Document these situations. Secure your own resources, documents, and equipment. Call people out professionally when they try these tactics. One time I had my desk repeatedly searched and things go missing. I noticed some of the items were on the vice president's desk. I reported to management that items from my desk were missing. This particular vice president gaslighted me. You can look at the previous episodes for this. And said, no one is going through your stuff. You are being ridiculous. The next week, I acquired a locking file cabinet to secure things. Two weeks later, the vice president said in front of several of my coworkers, I was looking for something in your desk and I noticed your locked file cabinet. She was exposed for what she did and what she denied doing, and everyone got a good laugh. 
If you push a negative, this is rule number 11, if you push a negative hard and deep enough, it will break through to its counter side. Make a negative into a positive. I had a shop steward complain to me that one of the other contractors on a project was allowed to break site rules without any type of repercussion. He told me that I should be arguing on his team's behalf in front of the people paying me, the general contractor. I knew that if I did as he asked on this issue, I would likely be thrown off the project. This was his main goal. I told him that his ideas had merit. And remember, we were in front of the entire workforce. We'll call him Charlie. I said, Charlie, you know, you're very good at arguing. Your points have a lot of validity. So why don't we go up in front of site management and I'll be right behind you, buddy. And you can argue these points and make these demands and everything for them or your workforce right better than I can he knew that if he did that he would be thrown off the project and that the union which he was an officer in would be in a very precarious situation the union workforce seemed satisfied with this whole thing when he did not follow through and made him look bad what was the end result he never confronted me in front of so many people again I kept a cool head and it turned out in my favor. People will often make themselves into the victim, and this is what this guy was trying to do. Make himself into the victim and be the oppressor. You need to really watch out for this trap. Rule number 12. The price of a successful attack is a constructive alternative. What does this mean? Offer a solution. Just don't say something is wrong. Turn it into a positive. Offer a yes-if situation rather than a no because. If you have no alternative plan, you look like your proverbial blowhard or malcontent. Rule number 13, pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. This is basically a team member dividing and conquering. There are several different ways of doing this, but it's essentially old-fashioned bullying. Some of the more obvious ways. Being excluded from meetings or not being invited to meetings, you probably should attend. Not having the correct equipment, breaking equipment, unreasonable time frames, rushing an accident investigation. That's one of the uh, classic ones. Not having resources, time, or personnel to do the job. Not budgeting professional training or development. Not having a scope of work for a contract. Colluding with others or simply bullying you, overloading you with work, distracting you from duties, team members doing work on projects you know nothing about, then making you responsible for them, blindsiding you, surprising you with information or situations that need your attention immediately, at least in their mind, or put you in a bad situation. There's not much you can do to counteract this except document it, report it to human resources, and considering moving on. Don't let these tactics get the best of you. Try to rise above it. Revenge or vindication are always fleeting, and these people are usually not worth your time, your effort, or your soul. What's my point? You need to get away from toxic work environments. A positive safety culture is very difficult to achieve as it is. Having a culture working against you makes it even more difficult. Hopefully these rules will give you information on what to expect in your role as a safety manager. When you are a manager, recognize these behaviors at your company 
and work towards cultivating people and managing them in a positive way. Changing the safety culture does not happen overnight. It takes years in the absence of a catastrophic event. Managing people in situations effectively will ultimately save lives and prevent injuries. Isn't that why we are all safety people in the end? For Safety Wars, this is Jim Polzel. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.